UGC. Outdated or essential? Cut through the noise and reveal the truth with our free ebook created in collaboration with VideoWise. Learn proven strategies to encourage customer reviews, leverage email marketing for sales, and boost conversion rate by 9.2%. Download the ebook for free at flowing.com/ugc. Marcus Sheridan, our special guest for today. Marcus is actually an international keynote speaker. He also works with hundreds of businesses, helping them to become the most trusted voice in their industry. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Floium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Floium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hey everyone, we are email marketers at an email marketing agency called Flowium. Uh, we are very passionate about email marketing and because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world and we specialize in providing premium, full service e-commerce email marketing experience for all of our clients. Our services are tailored to specifically for your business and as designed to help increase your online retail revenue by 20 to 50 50% delivering the right message to the right person at the right moment. That's our motto here. And uh, today's guest will actually be talking about the right message and the right person. So we are super excited to have him on our podcast today. But Elisa, let's do a quick brief introduction of the guest. Yay, I'm so excited. Today's episode is jam-packed with a lot of information. So please get ready, you guys. Another episode of Email Einstein. I love it. Okay, so our special guest, a little more information about him. So in late 2009, Marcus Sheridan, our special guest for today, he actually started his sales, marketing, and personal development blog, The Sales Lion. And before actually merging with Impact, another business, he grew his brand to be synonymous with inbound and content marketing excellence. So today, Marcus is actually an international keynote speaker known for his unique ability to excite, engage, and motivate live audiences. He also works with hundreds of businesses, helping them to become the most trusted voice in their industry. I know you guys are probably all wondering, how the heck do we get these amazing guests onto our podcast? That's one secret that we will never tell. <laughs> Marcus has also been featured in multiple industry publications, including the New York Times, where he was actually referred to as a web marketing guru. His book, which is the main kind of topic of conversation today, They Ask, You Answer, has actually inspired thousands to achieve their potential, but has given them the tools they need to get there. And actually, after our conversation today, I would not be surprised if he inspires Vera and I and then everyone else who's listening to get to where we want to. He actually started his business out of a pickup truck. So, you know, this guy what? is bringing it today. And today, actually, Marcus is uh, usually on an adventure with his wife and four children. And he's also super into fishing, into trucks, the whole bit. He's a dude's dude. But we're really <laughs> excited to have him on board today. So, uh, yeah, guys. Get excited. 
And full dis- disclosure, we have pre-recorded this interview with Marcus and now we're recording the intro separately <laughs> just because Marcus is so busy and uh, we only could get 30 minutes of his time. But oh my God, was that 30 minutes intense. So one of my favorite interviews so far. So keep yeah. listening. Easily, easily one of the best. So yeah, enjoy guys. Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity and reputation. Introducing Floium's Brand Voice course. Get a step-by-step guide on creating your brand voice. Learn about what makes great branding, steps on how to describe your brand, your tone, and how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Your brand identity can be one step closer to being complete with Floium's Brand Voice course course. Find out more at flowium.com slash brand voice. So Marcus, before we get started into the nitty gritty, the actual serious questions, we are going to hit you with our favorite, our Blitz Q&A. So first question, East or West Coast? East Coast sky, definitely. <laughs> um, okay. And these next few questions I kind of pulled based on what I, what I think that you're into. So All right. fishing lure or worms? as bait lure i'm offshore guy all the way (laughs) okay domestic or international travel Mm, man uh international for beauty domestic for time with family there we go okay very cool okay ford f-150 or toyota tundra a dodge ram all the way i'm a ram guy very cool very cool (laughs) um okay and then last one this may seem a little bizarre but mattress or socks uh mattress yeah okay Okay. I love, I love how confident I know, you are. I know. It's <laughs> Just like to give you a bit of a background, mattress and socks, these are the two examples that we are usually using in our podcast when we're explaining some concepts. So um, I'm <laughs> sure I'm... with the prolific rise of mattresses <laughs> yeah. sales online, I get it. Yeah, especially, you know, and I actually bought my last uh, mattress online and I learned a lot about that space there oh. and just how competitive it is and yeah. how it's the wild west. So yeah. uh, I think that's pretty, uh, you know, it, it makes sense that you use that now as yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. So it's not totally cool. random. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. We learned about what cars you like. We learned about mattresses or socks. Tell us a bit more about yourself and what you actually do. Well, the the, the super quick like uh, background story is I started a swimming pool company, a fiberglass swimming pool company, out of college with two friends, and that was in 2001. And things were going okay for us. I mean, you know, we were struggling along until 2008, 2009 when the market collapsed. And it was during that time that I started to really learn about the internet. And the more I read, the more I realized, you know, basically all they're saying is if you just really obsess over your customers' questions and you're willing Mm -hmm. to address them on your website through text and video. You can save your business here, Marcus. So I was like, shoot, I can do that. (laughs) And so we called the philosophy they ask you answer and make a long story short, it became the most traffic swimming pool website in the world. And um, it led to us becoming the fastest growing builder and manufacturer of fiberglass pools in the US. And today we have franchises all over the country. And I started an agency as well during that time period because I was just writing on a separate blog, like what I was doing and companies started to say, yo, Mark, Marcus, this is amazing. Can you talk about that at our conference or can you teach us how to do that? So I've got an agency with about 70 employees today and we've implemented uh, They Ask You Answer with now thousands of companies. It's become a book. It's been translated in multiple languages and mm-hmm. I get to speak for a living and it's been absolutely amazing. And so that's the quick story of you know really what is more than anything since 2009, the last 12 years. Awesome. I really love how in uh, your speeches and your book, you call yourself your website, the Wikipedia of pools. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's the vibe that we're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's for it, sure. <laughs> that's a, you know, it's a good, right, and it's a it's just a simple way to look at it. And what's interesting about that, Vera, is, is when I talk to companies, I'll say, "So, who's the Wikipedia of your space right now?" Mm. And more often than not, they don't have an answer. Right, yeah. they don't have an answer. Wow, and that's cool because I think we would definitely say that Andre, our CEO, is the Wikipedia of the the space that we're in. I would say, yeah, so. it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to say. Right. Because yeah. yeah. if, if you can say it and the key is, does the marketplace say it? Right. Does the marketplace right. say it? And would, you know, would they think it? And because uh, sometimes companies say, well, I am. I'm like, yeah, but does anybody else know that? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that is the test, but um, it is a worthy goal to aspire to. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you obviously just mentioned they ask you answer. So where did the philosophy of they ask you answer come from? What is the philosophy? Would you be able to dive into that a little more for our for our listeners? Well, you know, in 2009, when I was starting to read about the internet, you know, I saw lots of phrases like inbound marketing, content marketing, blogging, social media, digital marketing. But what I heard was, you know, in my mind, as I was reading this, I was just like, okay, so listen to their questions, answer them on your website. That seems pretty cut and dry. I hear the questions all day, every day, because I sell pools. Mm -hmm. And so shoot, why not? Now, it's really evolved into three main things, though, uh, in terms of really, so this is what is they ask you answer today. Number one, it is a true obsession with the questions, worries, fears, concerns buyers ask about a particular product or service, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say obsession, I really mean it, right? And, yeah. and you take any product, you know, especially you look at e-commerce for what it is. When somebody's interested in buying something, they ask negative questions about it. Mm. You don't ask negative questions about things until you're interested in the thing. That's true. Right? So that's what I mean by questions, worries, fears, issues, et cetera. It's like you actually lean more into the negative stuff than the positive stuff or perceived mm -hmm. positive stuff. So that's number one. Number two element of they ask you answer is, are we willing to, to teach it and show it in the way they want to learn it? So in other words, simply put, if somebody wants to read it, do we allow them to read it? If they want to watch it, do we allow them to watch it? If they want to listen to it, like we're doing right now, do we allow them to listen to it? You know, I mean, how many business owners, geez, have I heard over the years that have said something like, yeah, video is not my thing. And so why the heck are we going to worry about video ourselves? I'm like, oh, gee, guess what? The marketplace doesn't really care about your opinion, nor mine. They care about what they want, right? So that's the second that's element of they ask you answer. And then the third element is, are we willing to sell it the way they want to buy it? Mm. And somebody might hear that with respect to like e-commerce, they might say, well, that's pretty cut and dry. I sell it online. No, but it's like, you know, an example of this is, do you allow them, and this is like, this is old news by now, but there was a time when you didn't really get to return stuff online, but that's the way that people wanted to buy it. They wanted to feel safe enough to, okay, if this doesn't work out, can I send it back? Right. And uh, that's an example of, are you willing to sell it the way they want to buy it? There's other versions of that as well, but that's the essence of they ask you answer. It really is an obsession with the way buyers think. And even though most companies say, yeah, that's us, if you really analyze it, they don't typically do it quite well. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I guess it's easier to say it versus actually putting it into practice. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Which is most things in life. So would you say, and I, I, I mean, I have a hunch, I know what the answer to this question is, but would you say that the, they ask you answer philosophy actually works for all kinds of businesses? So kind of uh, stepping back into what we just talked about mattress versus socks. Yeah. Um, if it does apply for all kinds of businesses, how does they ask you answer differ from business to business? Yeah, so I've not seen exceptions uh, to this really principle mm -hmm. uh, that is they ask you answer because this applies to any business where people want to know things before they buy. 
Right. And whether that's B2B, B2C, service products, you know, e-commerce, just go down the list. I haven't seen exceptions to it. Now, granted, there are certain situations where it might not be quite as relevant. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's look at like a business to government situation where it's a straight, you know, RFP request for proposal situation where it's just sometimes that's a little bit different of a process. Mm-hmm. There's not as much really vetting of a company that way. Mm-hmm. Now, that is actually diminishing and B to G buying decisions are becoming closer to B to B. And so even that is becoming nullified. So point being is, as long as people are very concerned with not making mistakes with their purchases, mm-hmm. the Ask You Answer is going to be very relevant, which is why the book is selling more today than it was when it came out four years ago, which is really fascinating, right? It's like yeah. most books don't do that. Right. It's got legs because it's really principle driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I love it. Love it. And I really, I was shocked when I read this in your book, you're saying that there's like a really striking statistic that clearly shows like how much has changed in the way the people shop these days. So like around 10 years, 20 to 40% of purchasing decisions were made like before the customer actually talked to a salesperson on your team. And right now this number is something like in the seventies, right? Like 70 plus yeah, percent 70 plus. or something. So people... Yeah, in fact, recently um, they, they've redone the study and it's now like hovering around 80 so like buyers are 80% through the buying cycle before they Whoa. engage that company, however that might be, right? Before they call them, before they walk through the doors, whatever that thing is. And it's, it is amazing, right? Because you go back to 1995, which is the year the internet mm-hmm. is, people are just starting to use the phrase, we're probably 10, 20% in, you know, 2005, or, you know, we're, we're probably now 30 uh, percent in, and now 2021, we're 80% in. That number keeps going up. That's insane. That won't oh. change. An amazing period of just tremendous vetting of companies and products and services that's happening out there. And the ones that are winning are the ones that are not pushing back against that, which, because it's a rising tide, right? What do you do with rising tides? Tides. You do nothing with them because that's what they do. They rise, right? And so it's the same thing that's happening here with this marketplace. And so the companies that are saying, okay, how do I use the trend in my favor? They're crushing. And that's the key to trends, using your favor, right? Right, right. And uh, yeah, and I'm definitely adding to that statistic because like when I'm shopping right now, the first thing I do, I go to the negative reviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want 100%. to address address my fears, just like you said. So Marcus, going back to the content creation, what should brands talk about? I mean, what are the yeah. key sort of like categories? So in the book, we, we talk a lot about this. There's really five major subjects that mm-hmm. as buyers we're obsessed with. This is very prolific in e-commerce, but also applies across the board, B2B, B2C uh, services, et cetera. I mean, it just really doesn't, it doesn't change. I discovered these first with my pool company, and then I saw it was the same in every industry. It's quite amazing. <laughs> um, so here's what we call the big five. The big five are buyers are obsessed with cost, pricing, rates, et cetera. So that's number one, mm-hmm. cost. Number two, buyer obsessed with problems, negatives, issues, kind of like what you just talked about, Vera. I was like, how could this blow up in my face? What could go wrong? Right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. how could this be a bad decision? So that's number two problems. Number three, uh, buyers are obsessed with comparisons. We love to compare stuff online. Think of how many times you've gone online, gone to Google, typed in comparisons of, or this versus that. I mean, yep. geez, we love to do that stuff. Number four, we're obsessed with reviews, uh, to your point, negative and positive. Uh, we just love to know what people are saying about the thing. 
Mm-hmm. And then finally, number five, we love to research the best. And if somebody thinks <laughs> about how many times have you gone to Google and typed in best plus a phrase, it's like, holy cow, I've done oh, yeah. that like a billion times, right? So those are the big five. Guilty. Cost, problems, comparisons, reviews, and best. And here's what's crazy. Buyers are obsessed with them. These five subjects are literally running the economy. And yet businesses still don't like to talk about them. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. And even the ones like even some, sometimes people in e-commerce say to me, yeah, but we're talking about cost and price. No, 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 no. Showing a number isn't really discussing cost and price. Mm-hmm. Discussing cost and price is way more than just simply showing a number. Right. You clearly define value to the marketplace. So when you talk about this subject of of cost and price, there's really, you know, a a website should do this or even like a straight e-commerce page. You want to think about it like this. Number one, what drives the cost up in that particular industry for that particular product? Like what are the factors that make Mm -hmm. it expensive? Number two, what are the factors that keep it down? In other words, why are some products so cheap? Okay. Number uh, three, what makes certain companies more expensive? Number four, what makes certain companies cheaper? Because sometimes you might see, find the same product, but it's cheaper, more expensive from different companies. There's reasons mm-hmm. for that too. Mm-hmm. And then finally, right. number five is where do you fall as a company, as an organization? After all is said and done, where do you fall? So where are you aligned essentially? By doing that, you give the buyer, you give the consumer this ability to say, ah, now I understand how we've arrived at these numbers. Now I understand why this particular widget is 10% more than that other particular widget. It's got this feature, it's got that. Now I can define value. They might not say it that way, but that's inherently, subconsciously, that's what's happening to them. And that's how you talk about cost and price. Right. That's really interesting. And I can see definitely how brands who are selling the high priced uh, items can definitely utilize that. But let's get back to the socks example. There is like only that much you can say about socks and it's a, not an expensive item, right? I'm selling socks or I don't know, whatever, something like not expensive. What kind of content I can create? Can I like explain why my product doesn't change? Same, same it's, for everyone. It, yeah. Huh, in, interesting. In fact, Fact, this is true. I'm not just saying this. My son is a sock maven. So <laughs> he's one of the like like folks that are on the front end of understanding sock styles, uh, comfort <laughs> socks. Since he was really young, he was very into expensive socks. And, you know, I've never, ever, and literally he's um, 17 now. I've never, here. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen my son wear a pair of white athletic socks. Wow. Can you believe that? And I'm not exact. I'm, I'm totally serious. I wear white athletic socks every day of my life, except when I'm speaking on a stage. And so it's like, how does that happen? I, don't, I have no idea, but he's a maven. He does the research. He understands all the nuances. And wow. he, as my, Malcolm Gladwell would say, as a maven, he helps set the bar and set the trends for his peer group. And it just trickles off of that, right? There's the domino. And so those big five absolutely apply. You look at like, he will all the time say, what is the best type of sock for such and such activity, right? Mm. How does this particular sock brand compare to this other sock brand? And then it gets more nuanced. How does this particular material in socks compared to this Mm -hmm. material in socks? How does this particular design of socks compared to this particular design? You know, a review of the best of five sock Mm -hmm. brands for hiking outdoors, right? Like these are the, like I did multiple of the big five on that one there. You know, why are such and such socks so expensive? That's a cost article, but that's a cost article ideally written by that company or someone that sells that product that is really defining, look, 
These are the most expensive socks in the marketplace. You're going to easily see that when you research them. But let's talk about why that is. That's how you turn mm. what is in a, a perceived disadvantage into an advantage, right? And so that's right. why this applies to everything. And socks is actually a perfect example of how the big five are so important. It's really interesting. Wow. So, okay. So obviously there's the big five that every company, even though they don't typically should address, but are there any questions that you should avoid answering as a business? Like, can you talk about your competitors openly? Is there anything that you don't need to necessarily be as transparent about with customers or you shouldn't be as transparent about? General rule of thumb is if you know you're being asked about it, your sales team, customer service team's hearing about it, mm-hmm. well, then it's your moral obligation to address it at that mm-hmm. point. Competition is absolutely something we should be discussing. Now, what we shouldn't necessarily do is get opinionated with that right. if we're the business. You can do that if you're a third party. Mm-hmm. Right. But if right. you're the actual, let's say, OEM or manufacturer, you can't, you know, necessarily, if you're Ford, you can't say, you know, Chevy really sucks. What you can do <laughs> is you can say, okay, let's compare the Ford Mustang with the Chevy Camaro line item by line item. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's something that you could absolutely do. Horsepower, you know, it's like tire size, interior options, right? These are things that unquestionable. There's no debate about them right. because they're all factual elements. And any company should do that. Manufacturers should do that. Most do not which is ridiculous because they've been asked by dealers or end users a million times about these things. The only thing that I would say you don't necessarily you know, talk about is, is stuff that, you know, maybe, you know, once a, a year somebody asks you about or something that's, you know, just like, you don't necessarily have to talk about all your skeletons. Like if your company filed bankruptcy, you know, 20 years ago, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily talk about that. If one person a, a year says, Hey, I heard you filed bankruptcy 20 years ago. Like that's not the type of thing that I would address, <laughs> yeah. but like legit <laughs> buyer customer-based questions all day long. I ignore nothing. And in fact, if it makes you cringe when they ask it, there's a that, that's a signal right. that that's the one you really need to lean into. Interesting. Okay. I really like that example in your book um, when you created the article about the best pool construction companies in your area or something, <laughs> yeah. and it became one of your best performing articles on your website. That's insane. Well, the, thing, the thing about that beer is like, that, that just goes back to the philosophy. I was sitting in mm-hmm. Richmond, Virginia one night. This couple said to me after two and a half hours, hey, Marcus, we like you. We think we're going to get this uh, pool from you. But if we don't get this pool from you, is there anybody else you'd recommend? I didn't sell the pool that oh, night, right? But I thought to myself, well, they asked the question, which means I got to answer it. So I went home, wrote this article, who are the best pool builders in Richmond, Virginia, review slash ratings. So there's two of the big five. You got reviews, you got best in there. Mm-hmm. And I came up with a list of five of the best pool builders in Richmond, Virginia, based on one real main factor. Who had I lost the most deals to over the course of the last, you know, in, that, in this case, what was like 12 years <laughs> right. at the time. And make a long story short, that article, it just became a cash cow. And I literally had a person come to me one time and they said, Marcus, I was just getting ready to sign a contract with Playmore Pools, which is one of the companies listed on there. But uh, before I signed that contract with Playmore Pools, I decided to go online and research their company. And as I was researching their mm-hmm. company, I stumbled across this article. <laughs> you guys had really said, oh my goodness, these guys are so honest. I should probably call <laughs> them too, right? And of course, you know what happened because otherwise I wouldn't be telling you the story right now on this podcast, right? right? It's like <laughs> that, that sold a pool for us. And that's because we recognize that consumer ignorance is no longer a viable sales and marketing strategy. Buyers are going to learn. They're going to find out. They're going to know. They might start off uninformed. Eventually, they're going to be informed. Mm-hmm. So if you treat them like an intelligent, educated human being, it opens up the floodgates of the subject matter that you can talk about with them. And that's when it gets really fun. 
then that's when you become the mm-hmm. voice, the Wikipedia, right? Of your space. That's when it happens. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really true. Because we found that we've been able to acquire the clients that we have because we're so transparent on our website. And actually a big point for a lot of clients is I was between you and another company, but you guys put your pricing on your website and you're very open. Andre, our CEO, actually wrote an article about all the e-commerce email marketing agencies that are out there and yeah. the job they do and everything. And so... To this, at least to this point, and I want to, this is one that's major for, for everybody that's listening to this, especially if you're in e-commerce, I'm going to beg everybody to do this. 99% of the folks that are listening to this have not done it. And it's an incredible strategy for trust building and conversions. And that is on your company website and on your product pages, you should always have a section, who is this product or service not a good fit for? Mm, and what's so fascinating about this is when someone reads that, first of all, they're surprised that you even wrote it. Yeah. But second, when they read it, they're actually looking at that point psychologically to qualify themselves yeah, that's so for the cool. thing. So let me give an example. Let's say I say, you know, here at River Pools, we only sell fiberglass pools, which means that we might not be the best fit for you. In other words, if you're looking for a pool that's longer than 40 feet, we're not going to be a good option. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a pool that's wider than 16 feet, we're not going to be your best option because we don't have that size. If you're looking for a pool that's deeper than eight feet, we're probably not your best option. And furthermore, if you're looking for a super customized shape and size that's really unique, we're probably not your best option. But if you're looking for a low maintenance pool that's less than six by 40 and less than eight feet deep, and we have a shape that does fit your needs, well, then we might be a great choice for you. Well, the person that wants a 16 by 32 rectangle that goes to six feet, the whole time it's like saying, yes, 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 perfect. I want fiberglass, right? <laughs> that's what that's what they were saying in that moment because of the fact that we're willing to say that. And, you know, as a marketing agency, my, my agency is, is very open about who we're not a good fit for. And you should do this with products. You should do this with services. It's a game changer. And I'm telling you, 99.9% of all e-commerce pages do not have this. That is so interesting. interesting. You, you wouldn't be surprised how many websites don't have the FAQ section. <laughs> That's like... I know, like, and then that makes you want to shoot your foot off. I know, like, how does I anybody know, right? make that <laughs> decision at that point? Or even when they do, they just like bury, bury it somewhere in the footer of the website. Yeah. It's hard to find like, yep. oh my goodness, constant, oh, constant wow. battle with our clients. But you know what? Speaking of FAQ pages, I got to say this really quick. Most people yeah. do them wrong, in my opinion. An FAQ page, generally speaking, is best served is just listing the questions, maybe a T section of the answer, but mm-hmm. it should link to the longer to the article longer or content. video that fully addresses it, maybe within the learning center of the site, somewhere like within that blog learning center of the site. Most companies, I feel like their FAQs, if they do it, are just, they're, they're pretty barren. Like They just mm-hmm. leave you very unfulfilled, right? Unsatiated. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, just really quickly, what are your thoughts about the content types, like video versus audio versus text? What's your favorite one and, and why? Well, I, I find that um, for the most part, text still matters certainly from a search perspective, right? It just carries the day when it comes to SEO and Mm -hmm. things like that. Right. And what's interesting too is you find a buyer that depending on where they are in in the process of of being in the funnel, we'll call it, they might start with wanting to to read about it. But then when they start to get really serious, they want to watch more videos about it. And so the reality is I am pretty obsessive about text and video for most applications, certainly for e-commerce. Not a big believer that audio is necessary for most of those, like a podcast. Although, I mean, I love podcasts. Obviously, we're, we're doing one right now. I think they have their place 100%. 
but I wouldn't like somebody was trying to really grow their, their e-commerce side of their business. I wouldn't be probably spending the majority of my time producing audio mm-hmm. content at that point. It's world-class video, uh, right. great textual content, big five stuff all day long. Awesome. Marcus, awesome. thank you so much for taking some time out to, to chat with us today. You gave us so many good insights. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to all my clients and tell them they're doing everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that I'm sure you all are doing amazing things, but this was fun, right? This was fun. And, and listen, hopefully if you're, if you're listening to this right now, just, you know, follow me on LinkedIn. I'm a great follow for those that are listening. And in fact, uh, if anybody wants my uh, personalized email, I'll give it to you right now. It's Marcus at Marcus Sheridan.com. If you ever want to reach out and say, yo, Marcus, I heard what you said on that podcast. There. And I, I don't know if that's true, Marcus. And so Marcus at Marcus Sheridan.com. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, I'm there very prevalently and make sure you get the book. They ask you answer, but this was really, awesome. really fun guys. Thank you so Thank much you for so having much. me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. being here. Thank you, Marcus. Take care. Guys, thank you again so much for listening today. Another phenomenal episode recorded thanks to Marcus. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. And as always, if you love what we do, please leave us a review. We love reading them. We actually share them within our internal Slack channel page or Slack channel. It's called hashtag above and beyond. And uh, we love shouting your reviews. So uh, please keep them coming. Make sure that you check all the links in the podcast description to check out more about Marcus and his book. They ask you answer hands down. This was one of the best interviews we've ever had. So would hate for you guys not to take advantage of all the resources and do more research on this guy because he is seriously smart. And as always, if you are interested in getting some more advice on how to establish a solid email marketing strategy for your e-commerce store, please make sure you visit us at flowium.com slash contact and sign up for a free consultation. And next Tuesday, definitely come back because we will be talking about the topic that I know many of you have been asking about. The topic is called how to get out of spam folder. (laughs) So you may be asking for a friend, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, improving your email deliverability and getting out of spam folder isn't a lost cause. I know we already talked about how to not get into the spam folder, but if mm-hmm. you're there, life happens. So we will help you to get out of spam folder. That's going to be a big, big and intense episode. So definitely come back next week, no matter where you are right now with your deliverability, this episode will be very, very relevant and interesting to you. So we hope to see you back next Tuesday. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to claim your free ebook and learn how to drive conversions with UGC in 2024. From fresh ways to use UGC on your website to revenue pooling email strategy. Discover actionable insights to master your UGC game in 2024. Stop missing out. Go to flowroom.com slash UGC and download this ebook for free.